We're gonna rock this town, rock it inside out. Company towns, that is. Today, in this bonus episode, we talk about the history and harm of company towns and what they look like in the 21st century. Let's go. Welcome to the Internal Customer Handbook, a work culture podcast for people who lead people. This unpublished book turned podcast is for people leaders who want to create 21st century work cultures that look nothing like, but this is how we've always done it. I am your host, Wendy Conrad, work culture strategist and founder of Your Happy Workplace. And if you are wondering if why and how ethical leadership and business can coexist, then you are in the right place. So glad you're here. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, I am Wendy Conrad, work culture strategist, and welcome to the Internal Customer Handbook Podcast. And today, On this bonus episode, we are talking about company towns. What were they? Why were they problematic? And where might they be cropping up these days? Sources for today's bonus episode include Wikipedia, Forbes.com, CNBC.com, SmithsonianMag.com, PBS.org, and research from past episodes of History's Horrible Bosses. So the backstory on how this episode came to be, I was doing some research for the Pinkerton Guard bonus episode, and I will link that in the show notes. And I came across this headline, quote, Google has master plan to build a massive corporate town for its employees. And I was like, what the what? It was the same feeling I got when I found out that Pinkerton was still around and up to its old tricks. In doing research for the history of work and history's horrible bosses, I've learned about the company towns of the Gilded Age, the late 1800s and into the early 20th century. And I would think, WTF, well, that was some historical never-to-happen-again bullshit, right? And then I see it's still happening right here in the 21st century. It's just been modernized a bit. So let's get to some history of company towns in the U.S., shall we? So what is a company town? From Wikipedia, quote, A company town is a place where practically all stores and housing are owned by the one company that is also the main employer. Company towns are often planned and include amenities such as stores, houses of worship, schools, markets, and recreation facilities. End quote. So back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, Companies would build these towns near the factories or mines or wherever the workplace was. So their workforce would be close by, and in some cases, so they could control every aspect of the lives of their workforce. And these towns ranged from awful to awesome, from harsh places of abuse to picturesque 
communities. Towns built by coal companies, for example, were more like prison camps where residents experienced severe poverty and abuse. But communities like Hershey, Pennsylvania, built by Hershey Chocolate Company, were meant to be great places to live so they could attract workers rather than create these towns of misery. <laughs> and fun fact, Hershey still exists today. You can go there and visit. So the public-facing story of the company towns of the Gilded Age era um, and the towns that fell under the category of abusive and unsafe was kind of like, hey, look at me. I'm the big boss. I care about his employees. I'm giving them this place to live and religious training, which, by the way, in many cases, residents were required to go to church. And the bosses are like, "Where's where can I pick up my world's greatest boss mug? Look how amazing I am. But in reality, these towns were controlling and exploitive. So let's talk about paternalism, which is really at the heart of the creation of these company towns. And paternalism is a subtle form of social engineering. It refers to the control of workers by their employers, whose aim it was, was to force the middle-class ideals upon their working-class employees. Many 19th-century businessmen, robber barons included, felt it was their moral and religious obligation to civilize their workforce. So they felt they were advancing society, and in doing so, also furthered, furthered their own business interests. So in company towns, everything was owned and operated by the company, the general store, the school, the bank, the library. In the example of Pullman, he even approved or rejected what books were going into the library. Bars were often prohibited because they were seen as negative influences. Some of these towns were fenced in or had guards and the owners, employers would say, we're protecting you from things like traveling salesmen. <laughs> I picture like an apocalypse scene where there's this company town and it's all fenced in and it's just surrounded by like zombie traveling salesmen. We're going to catch you. We're going to sell you our stuff. Um, many of these towns had no town government and they were run by company officials with workers having no say in how they were governed. The living conditions were often unsanitary and unsafe. Residents were often subject to inspections by company officials. Rents were high and residents could be evicted at any moment. Company towns were just a way to completely control the workforce. Although many prominent examples of company towns portray their founders as, quote, capitalists with a conscience, is there such a thing? Critics of the company town view them as an economically viable ploy to attract and retain 
workers. Hey, come work for us and we'll give you a place to live in hell. <laughs> and at their peak, there were more than 2,500 company towns housing 3% of the U.S. population at the time. And companies that started them were primarily in industries like coal, steel, lumber, etc. Most of the residents were immigrants that were new to the country. We talked a lot about the Pullman Company town in a past History's Horrible Bosses episode, and I'll link that in the show notes. And also the episodes featuring Sam Slater, Henry Frick, and Andrew Carnegie. By the 1920s, the need for company towns had really declined significantly, significantly due to increased prosperity. So a strong post-war American economy meant things like cars were more accessible to low-wage earners. This meant workers no longer needed to live near their workplaces and now had access to more employment opportunities further away from where they lived. Also, workers were no longer dependent on employers for things like health care and education. The Roosevelt administration's New Deal was really the final blow to end American company towns, at least that version of them by raising the minimum wage, encouraging industrial self-governance, and pushing for the owners of company towns to, quote, consider plans for eventual employee ownership of homes. So fast forward to more recent times. In March of 2021, Elon Musk announced plans to incorporate the Boca Chica area of far southeastern Texas, the site of a SpaceX rocket manufacturing and launch facility, and would call the city Starbase. <laughs> and some have labeled these plans and SpaceX's existing operations in this area as an example of a company town. Facebook is also another organization that provides housing, amenities, and transportation for their workers in some cases. So now we get to Google. There's a Forbes article from September of 2020 where they talk about Google's plan for an updated version of the company town. It's going to be, according to this article, over a million square feet of office space, along with residential housing, open air recreational space, commercial buildings, retail shopping, and a host of other amenities. The search engine company will hold ownership of the campus. They're calling it a campus. In a May 2021 article, it notes that Google was cleared to start building this mega campus in San Jose, California. And it has been in the planning stages for many years, and it's going to take over a decade to build. Google will develop 80 acres of land in downtown San Jose, including 
Now they're saying over 7 million square feet of office space for 20,000 workers and thousands of housing units. Google Town, I call it Google Town. Google Town will also include hotel rooms, short-term lodging for Google's corporate guests. And while Google will own all 80 acres, more than half of the project will be allocated for residential and public space and include features like restaurants, retail space, entertainment space, and ecological viewing stations. I'm scratching my head on what that is. I, I may need to Google that. How meta? I'm going to Google about Google. What the hell is an ecological viewing station? But I digress. Imagine living in a city where your employer owns all of the businesses, where you do your grocery shopping, where you get a haircut, where you go to hang out. So is, are these versions of the 20, 21st century company town? Maybe. Senior director of Google, Alexa Arena, says the company's goal was for much less the corporate campus and more of a, quote, resilient neighborhood. So no, it's not the shoddy shacks and unsafe conditions of the 1800s, but is the objective the same? Control of the workforce? The names and tactics may have changed, but is the ultimate goal different? You decide. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so we could go on and on about the company towns of yesterday and today, but let's put a bow on it there and wrap this up. This is a bonus episode of the Internal Customer Handbook Podcast. I am your host, Wendy Conrad. Join me on Tuesdays for new sections of the book, The Internal Customer Handbook on how to improve the work culture of your organization. And join me on Fridays for bonus episodes of the podcast. I'm Wendy Conrad, your host. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Internal Customer Handbook Podcast. Please subscribe and share with friends. Want to send an email for the mailbag segment? I'd love to answer your work culture questions or hear your bad boss or toxic workplace stories to be shared right here on the podcast. Email me at wendy at yourhappyworkplace.com. Want to support the podcast and my work? Contribute at throwconfettiatme.com. Yes, you heard that right. Throwconfettiatme.com. It's an actual website. My dog agrees. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.